The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Nice to have you with me here on The Doctor is In. You have always been a voice of reason through all of this. Appreciate your time, what you're doing for America. I give you advice. And doesn't work at all. You are definitely not inept by any means. I like to hear women say that about me. Whatever advice you're going to send my way, I am 100% taking it. I can't tell you what to do. I will not tell you what to do. Okay. Well, thanks. That wasn't the answer I wanted. Are you kidding me? Great stuff, Dr. Ray. Glad I called. I've scheduled my day around listening to your radio show. (laughs) You don't have to laugh so hard. Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray. I thought I knew uh, kitchen appliances. I said to my wife, honey, I think uh, we need a new dryer. It's making my clothes shrink. She said, the refrigerator's making your clothes shrink. Huh. Didn't realize that. Good to have you with me here. Speaking of shrink, that's what I am. Been shrinking for quite a while. Used to be like 6'9". The number to get on to the program. Program is variously tagged, labeled. The doctor is in. I am the doctor who is in. You can be in. Uh, Two ways to be in. One, to call. I'll give you the number in a second. Or if you want to be cool. In as in cool. 877-573-7825. 877-57-equal number to get onto the program. If you got a question about some personal circumstance in your life, something's frustrating you, something that isn't frustrating you, and you wonder if it should. That's an interesting reversal of perspective. Or if you have a question about the faith as it intersects with psychology, as it intersects with life. I love those questions. Generic questions, things you don't understand about the large world of psychology. Um, I think my wife is in the car, and I just want to say thank you, honey, because I forgot my cell phone. And interestingly enough, I thought, okay, well, good. This is good. Went to the office this morning, come to do the show. No problem. Don't need the cell phone. I can be without it. Wrong. There's stuff on it that I need to do the show. So, it is my master. I am its servant. 877-573-7825. A little uh, info on how to stay safe. Automobiles are responsible for 20% of all fatal accidents. 20%. 20%. At home, homes, 17% of all accidents occur at home. On streets, pedestrians, 14% of all accidents. Travel by air, rail, water, 16%. Of the remaining 33%, 32% of all deaths occur in hospitals. So stay away from hospitals. But you will be pleased to know. That, 0.001%. Now, that's one-thousandths of 1% of all deaths occur in church 
And these are usually related to previous physical problems. So, therefore, logic would dictate, in the words of Mr. Spock, logic would dictate, Captain, that the safest place for you to be on earth is in church. Logic would dictate, Captain. One of the main reasons that parents call me regarding their child, he's an angry child. He has anger issues. He's got a temper. He doesn't seem to be able to control his emotions. He he goes into a rage. Now that all sounds pretty psychologically serious, doesn't it? I mean, you got this kid who's eight years old and he's just he's still throwing fits comparable to a two year old or a three year old. And by the way, just as an aside, temper tantrums used to be the domain of two and three year olds. That's what you expected from the little ones. Nowadays, unfortunately, these kind of outbursts and tirades are cutting across the whole developmental age range. Five-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 15-year-olds, spouses. Says something. Talk about that in a future manologue. So are all these children angry? They all have some kind of Anger management issues. I love that. That whole phrase is replaced. <laughs> it replaced a much more colloquial term, temper. I asked the parent, um, when does he get so angry? No, oh, when he doesn't get his way. Oh, so it's very targeted anger. If you gave him his way... Would he be angry if you gave him everything he wanted, whenever he wanted it, however he wanted it? Would he be angry? Well, not really. Oh. So when he unloads on his sister, is it because she's just breathing? No, no, she's usually doing something he doesn't like. Ah, okay. I think this is one of the biggest confusions in modern parenting. Labeling frustration as anger. Well, Dr. Ray, isn't it kind of the same thing? I mean, both of them are emotional upheaval. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> Don't you just love shrinks? Yes, in the same that it manifests itself in the same way, whether it's an emotional meltdown, whether it's screaming, whether it's yelling, whether it's throwing things, whatever it is that is the display. But no... In the sense that when I'm frustrated because I'm not getting what I want, that's a very, very targeted anger. Which means that, and this here's here's the the inverse relationship. The more I get what I want the more likely I am to get frustrated and angry when I don't get what I want. A parent will say, well, you think he'd be able to deal with the times he doesn't get what he wants, because most of the time he gets what he wants. You'd think that the the 10% of the time he doesn't, he'd be able to handle that. And I go, it's the exact opposite. The more you get what you want, the angrier you get, the more frustrated you get when you don't get what you want. 
If I only got what I wanted 50% of the time, I'd have to learn to deal with the 50% of the time I didn't get what I wanted. It's called maturity. Much of this supposed anger that these children exhibit is a discipline problem. The parents are flummoxed, frustrated. They have their own level of anger issues because they get frustrated in response to the kid's frustration. Because he's just acting defiant and they're not sure quite how to handle it. Not sure quite how to respond to it with with calm, confident resolve. And as a result, he pushes harder. And as he learns to push harder, he gets more frustrated and more more willing to let it all hang out. You know, when you're a kid, you really don't follow too many rules. If I'm trying to demonstrate to you how mad I am that I'm not getting what I want, well, shoot, I can kind of do a lot of stuff. I can fling things. I can kick things. I can punch things. I can yell and scream. Try that as an adult once, you know. Go into your boss's office. Giving me a raise? No. Well, I'm going to knock your plan off your desk. I'm going to kick your chair. I'm going to slam this door 20 times. Yeah, try that. Most of the time, it's not anger management issues. It's frustration. And it's frustration because I'm not getting what I want. So it's very specific anger management issue, see. The parents will label it as an anger management issue because when he doesn't get what he wants, he gets really angry. But the question becomes, how hard does he push until the parent backs off to let him get what he wants? And then he's learning. Okay, push a little harder. That amount of temper eruption didn't work last time. I'll, I'll kick it up another minute and a half. Pretty soon, he learns. He can be trained to show his anger management issues. 877-573-7825. Definitely want to hear from you. Appreciate it. Dr. Ray. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. One time somebody said to me, why don't you air these people? And I said, no, because I don't think they're Catholic. He says, by what right do you have to say that? I said, I own the network. (laughs) Mother Angelica Live Classics. Tonight, 8 Eastern on EWTN Television and Radio. Brought to you by the nonprofit Seton Home Study. Hi, everybody. Dr. Ray Garendi here. You thinking about homeschooling? Seton Homeschooling, 40 years of experience, 17,000 current students, pre-K through high school. They provide the books, the lesson plan, the counselors, the grading services, the tests. That's right, pretty much everything. My wife and I use Seton, some of our children. Tell you this, two of them got perfect ACT scores in verbal. And overall, the Seton students scored more than 100 points above average on the SAT. Over 30% higher on English and reading on the ACT. It's a rigorous program. You want to give the very best to your kids? Trust me on this one. Go with Seton. It is a beautifully rigorous academic program. Go to setonhome.org. That is setonhome.org.
Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things you don't believe in? There are options. You can join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based health sharing community. Plus, Solidarity HealthShare can save you money with prices starting as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-398-9399. That's 844-398-9399. Seven seven fifty seven equal is the number to call to get on to the program. Lines are open, so you can get on right away quick. This is a bit of an art, art link letterish approach to asking children. We did this once on the TV show. We asked the kids about their parents' discipline. This You, you will see the Dramatic differences versus boy and girl in the answers to these questions. So Tom, age five, was asked, what is the proper age to get married? He said, once I'm done with kindergarten, I'm going to find me a wife. There you go. So apparently it must be somewhere around age six. Why does love happen between two particular people? Now, Jan, who's a girl, said, No one is sure why it happens, but I heard it had something to do with how you smell. That's why perfume and deodorant are so important. Now, the guy's answer to this Why does love happen between two particular people? This is Roger, age nine. He says, well, love's like an avalanche where you have have to run for your life. What do most people do on a date? Mike says on the first date, Mike's nine. They just tell each other lies. And that usually gets them interested enough to go on a second date. On the role of good looks, Jean, girl, age eight, if you want to be loved by somebody who isn't already in your family, it doesn't hurt to be beautiful. Now, again, speaking of the male ego, which starts early, Gary, age seven, says, it isn't always just how you look. Look at me. I'm handsome like anything, and I haven't gotten anybody to marry me yet. (laughs) And uh, back to the girls, Christine. Beauty is skin deep. But how rich you are can last a long time. Now, you're just noticing the divergence in the male-female perspective on relationships. Julie from Texas. Hi, Julie. Hey, doctor. How are you doing there? How are you? Uh, nothing We're gaining on great. Nothing gaining on me, Julie. Yeah. Good, good. Um, I've called you several times, and I appreciate your, your opinion on everything you give me. Almost. Am I raising so. your kid? 
No, gosh, no. That's me. Me and me and me alone and God. <laughs> uh, so I've got a couple of books recently that just say how to have a difficult conversation with your preteen and this and that. But since I'm with her today and we've kind of discussed a little bit of some things, you know, sex and sexuality, I just wanted your opinion on what the best book would be. God-based, Christian-based, to actually have the tough, tough questions, you know, and discussions. There's a bunch of them. I haven't read them yeah, all, I Julie. Uh, I refer people oftentimes to, for example, um, there's a book called Did Adam and Eve Have Belly Buttons? That's one written for adolescents on the questions that they ask, thing they they get confused about. There's a woman named Pam Stenzel who has a series of uh, DVDs, probably now podcasts and downloads, regarding uh, the older kids, maybe, the, the teens, very very frank but but honest talk about sexuality. Um, okay. Colleen Kelly Mast has a whole bunch of stuff. She calls it uh, her website is sexrespect.com, I believe. She has a whole bunch of stuff. Matt Frad has okay. good stuff on a male caught up in pornography, especially the younger guys. Um, I am sure that. Uh, Catholic Answers, Catholic.com, they've, they've got, I'm sure, a whole bunch of books. You can just check their website on all this regarding okay. all these kinds of talks and stuff. Um, well, and it's never too soon, right? I would rather her find out from me and be able to have open, honest conversations with me than to talk to her friends on the bus, per se, because she has public transportation and she's going to be riding with, um, just going into sixth grade, but she's going to be riding with high schoolers. She's so, gonna hear. She's gonna hear everything, Julie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I would probably open up the discussions by asking her, "What have you heard on the bus, or with your friends, or some of the older kids about male, female, boy, girl relationships? What What do you hear? What What do the kids most commonly talk about? Now she'll probably be a little embarrassed to say it." And you can say, look, honey, I've, I've heard it all. I'm a grown-up. You're not going to say anything at all that's going to embarrass me. I just want to know what you've right. heard. And then I would ask her, what are you confused about? I know you're getting teaching here because of our faith, but a lot of those kids probably are not being raised like you are, so they have, they have real different views of things, and they watch a lot of stuff that uh, isn't real good in terms of their upbringing so so what are you confused about what don't you understand then i would ask her what do you think you know tell me what you think you know about boy girl relationships male female relationship husband wife relationship i just want to kind of know what you're hearing right what you disagree with what you're confused by that's what i would do that's the way i would start opening up the discussion because then she'll okay. tell you, she'll probably tell you stuff that's real tentative. Well, I, you know, you hear all kinds of stuff, Mom. All right, honey. Well, what what's this all kinds of stuff about? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. I just. I don't think anything about it. Well, you know, you've been on the bus for a while, and I'm sure you've heard all kinds of stuff because these kids talk about all kinds of that stuff. That's what they're. That's what they're occupied right. with. 
Just give me, yeah. honey, just give me one. Give me one that you think you're not embarrassed by and that you would be confused and you'd like to ask a question about. Okay. Well, um, if you are attracted to the same person, the same sex, boy attracted to a boy, girl attracted to a girl, why, why does the church say that that's, that's wrong? I mean, if you love somebody, isn't, isn't, isn't love good? Isn't that what you should do? Because that's probably going to be the kind of stuff you're going to hear. Because 20%, recent survey, Julie, 20% of kids in adolescence, teens, said they're LGBTQ. 20%. So you know this is something they're really, in, they're really influencing each yeah. other about. Right. Okay? Right. 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 So there you go. Just okay. a few thoughts. A few thoughts, my dear. Call again. I will. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, Thanks Julie. Mary's calling from Cleveland, Ohio. The Rock, AM 1260. Used to be Wixie, W-I-X-Y. Used to listen to it the whole time I was growing up because that was the top 40 stuff. Hi, Mary. Hi. How you doing, Dr. Ray? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, my dear. Your turn. Yeah, so my yeah, my question is I have a little granddaughter. She's three years old, almost three, and I'm one of the grandmas, and the other grandma has died. And often she'll point to the picture of the other grandma and say things like, why doesn't, can this grandma come to play? Maybe one day this grandma will come and play. And just wondering, how would you handle how do you handle that, and what would you tell the granddaughter, you know? Because she's so young. If she were five, it'd be different in what I would say. But because she's three, I'm not sure I would get into death. I would say, well, honey, for now, for a while, it's going to be quite a while that, that Grandma won't be able to come. She loves you very much, and I'm sure where she is, she's praying for you. But right now, she can't come. That's probably all I'd do. I, I probably wouldn't say, well, Grandma died, and, and we think she went to be with Jesus. A, a little three-year-old, maybe they could wrap their head around it a little bit. And some people would say, well, you know, you got to be straight. you got to introduce it to them. Me, personally, I probably, I wouldn't lie. I'm not going to say, well, she, you know, she uh, she's not coming because she's busy. I'm not going to say anything like that. But I would say that, well, honey, you know, right now... Grandma, Grandma can't come over. I'll talk to you more about it when you get older. That's probably what I would do. That's me. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's very helpful. Thank you so much, Doctor, for taking the time. Oh, Mary, you're more than welcome. Thank you. Parents uh, struggle with that. I had a little eight-year-old boy. Uh, he saw his little brother get hit by a car. And the parents brought him in. And they thought they 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 hadn't they hadn't seen anything that would indicate that he was traumatized. But they they just wanted him to quote unquote talk to somebody. Now in cases like that, I personally believe that the best people to talk to are the parents. The parents have the relationship with the child. The parents understand. They they oftentimes mistakenly think that they're going to bring this eight year old to a stranger. And the stranger has ways to get this eight-year-old to open up, 
to understand, to deal with. Now, at one level, that may be true in the sense that if it's a well level headed stranger therapist, might be able to ask some questions the parents didn't think of. But it became very obvious to me right away, quick, that this little guy, uh, he, it was odd. He wasn't distressed. He truly didn't come off as distressed. And some might say, well, he's in denial. Well, he's, he's in shock. Well, it's, it's post-traumatic. He's burying it. He's repressing it. That's possible. But every which way that I tried to, to draw him out and to explore, he, he just was concerned with the here and now. I don't know where he is now. This was many years ago. And I'm sure it will hit him as he gets older. 877-57-EQUAL. Halfway through the program. Want to hear from you? You'll get on. The following is a medical moment. Hi, I'm Bobby Schindler, brother of Terry Schiavo. A second opinion is when a physician, other than the one currently responsible for your care, reviews your medical records and any test results in order to assess, diagnose, and recommend treatment for you. You have the right and don't need to give a reason to seek a second opinion, and many people do so to simply explore options. You may want to get a second opinion when your current physician's recommended treatment doesn't reflect your pro-life values. You want to learn about other possible treatment options and assess risk and benefits. You don't feel that the current healthcare facility is best equipped to handle the treatment. A 2017 study by the Mayo Clinic found that 88% of patients that received a second opinion had a new or refined diagnosis or treatment plan. It very well may pay to get an alternative viewpoint to ensure you get the best care possible. This medical moment brought to you by MyLifeAngels.com. The Catechism of the Catholic Church on Animals, paragraph 2417. God entrusted animals to the stewardship of those whom he created in his own image. It is legitimate to use animals for food and clothing. They may be domesticated to help man in his work. Medical and scientific experimentation on animals is a morally acceptable practice if it remains within reasonable limits and contributes to caring for or saving human lives. It is contrary to human dignity to cause animals to suffer or die needlessly. It is likewise unworthy to spend money on them that should, as a priority, go to the relief of human misery. So the Catechism is quite clear. We have a great duty to exhibit kindness to animals and at the same time understand that animals were created not for their own sake, but for the sake of the human. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. a microphone not afraid to use it yeah see how tough you are without that microphone in your hand good to have you with me dr ray Garandi here program doctor is ian before we go back to your calls i will jump on them right away quick we good lord permitting are heading to St. Gabriel Radio Turf in Columbus. We are taping 
four shows, four TV shows, Living Right with Dr. A, beginning season number 14. Man, I'm feeling old. Season number 14. The people at EWTN kind of hurt my feelings. Uh, they said we have uh, we have three good shows to run as reruns. So if we piece them together. August 9th and 10th, shows 515 and I believe 730 at Ohio Dominican. The one show's filled up, believe it or not. It's filled up. We do we do have room though. So you you go to SaintGabrielRadio.com, S T Gabriel Radio.com, and they have a rotating sign up right there on the homepage. They've got some announcements and then they then they kind of throw me in there as an afterthought. Love to have you. Uh, shows are fun. We've got some great guests, uh, audience bits, role play with some of the audience people. Uh, the audience makes a show. There's no question. They're they're heavily involved in the show. So we'd love to have you there. So you go to stgabrielradio.com. Com, C-O-M. All right. Isaiah is calling from Nebraska. Hello, Isaiah. What's up, Doc? You know, I just, I think, you know, I think, Isaiah, that uh, this call of yours is probably going to be one of the worst calls we've ever had. It's just bad. You know that? I think you got to really look at yourself. You're just, you're just bad, you know? Uh, thanks, I guess. <laughs> no, come on. I'm playing off of your, your caller complaint, which is you got a friend who just tells you all the ways you're bad. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think is motivating him to do this um well i i haven't really thought about his motivation that much it's not like he's trying to be mean it's more like he's trying to keep me in check i think why he thinks you brag yes i i think so uh i do it a lot as a joke like i Shift blame all as a joke. Like we played Dungeons and Dragons and we got into a bar fight once, and I was like, "It's not my fault." This guy threw a shot glass at my head, and then he's like, "Yeah, but you're the one who told me." There's backstory to this, but you're the one who drove him to do that. Uh, and then so he does that kind of things. Where if I and that's a joke, I normally don't, you know, blame everyone else around me for. This guy jealous of you? Never. And he's like, yeah, but there's this time where you absolutely goofed up really bad and, you know, you fell and died. Is, is he jealous of like you, that. Isaiah? He might be. I don't know for sure. Is he a good friend? Um, he's not the, he's not a best friend. We mainly just play games together. He's not, like I said, my best friend. But he's, yeah, he. I think so. He invited me over to play Dungeons and Dragons with him. That's how I got started in it. Mm. And so you just—he's just a gaming buddy. That's all he is. Yes, gaming buddy. Mm. So what's it matter what he says? Not much. I like him, and I wish we could be better friends. But we live an hour away. Yeah, distance distance is a factor in forming friendships, that's for sure. Uh, two things here. You have to ask yourself, 
Is anything he's saying true? To the best of your ability now, it's hard to be objective about ourselves. Our natural bent is to be subjective. Is anything he's saying true? Okay. Are you a little full of yourself and you're not joking around? On the other hand, if you say to yourself, man, I'm just teasing, and he just seems he just seems to be intent on finding ways to criticize me. And it's getting old. Now, is it getting old? Yeah, I'm getting kind of tired of it because it okay. happens a lot. Well, you, you don't have to stay friends with him. There's nothing, nothing written in Christian teaching that says when you don't relate well to someone, you have to continue to have a relationship with them. That's why we pick friends, because we are comfortable around them or at ease around them or we share things together. We like their personality. But you got folks that are hard to get along with, and they're not people that you need to get along with, like family. Why Why would you? All right. I mean, that, that's my thought on that. I'm not going to dump a bunch of energy into a an acquaintance that I have to wonder if and when he's going to say something snotty. All right. That's where I'm at. Or the other thing is, the other way you could do this is you could say, well, I like, I like to play these games with him. But that's about as far as it goes. Anything else he says is going to go in one ear and out the other because I don't even care what he says. He's, he's, he's obviously driven to somehow put me in my place as he sees it. And uh, I could care less. Or I, is it I could care less? I couldn't care less. Sorry about that. Couple ways to look at it, my friend. Thank you very much. All right, bud. Good luck. Uh, do if I go to Nathan, I'm gonna Nathan from British Columbia. How are you? Hey, Nathan. No, Nathan. Hello there, Nathan. I know you're there. I can hear your radio. I hear me. All right, Nathan, going once. All right, well, I'm going to take a break here, and then I'll come back. Hopefully, Nathan will still be there. 877-57-EQUAL is the number to call to get onto the program. This is The Doctor Is In. It is a co-production of the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And Ave Maria Radio Communications. In Ann Arbor, my producer man is Andrew Kruchek. And the call screamer man is Eric. And he's very, very patient and accepting of calls. We, we rarely don't take a call. Uh, we, we, and I think that's, that's a reflection not of necessarily so much of... Uh, our wide range of acceptance. I think people just call in and they're very appropriate. Every once in a while, we have we have someone we can't let on the air, but that's that's few and far between. So, still got time, a lot of time actually. 877-57-EQUAL. That's the number to call to get onto the program. Dr. Ray. 
Family Connection with Teresa Tomio. Americans are curious about the religious devotion of others and are willing to discuss the topic, but most say they rarely have conversations about faith with their Christian friends. A study by Lifeway Research finds Americans are widely receptive to spiritual conversations in a variety of settings. Now, perhaps more than ever, people are open to conversions about faith, yet few Christians actually, Christians, actually take the opportunity to engage in personal evangelism. The reason conversations are not happening about the Christian faith is that Christians are not bringing it up. And I think this is key. Now, this person is not saying we shouldn't be concerned about religious liberty in the sense of, yes, there is great persecution out there. But at the end of the day, it is about the fact that we're not doing enough talking about Jesus. Catholic Connections, Teresa Tomio. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern, on EWTN Radio. Can a stressed brain lead to weight gain? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. When things go too right or too wrong in my life, I go for cookies or ice cream. How about you? A study in the journal Neuron indicates that chronic stress can make the brain crave sweet, comfort foods. Apparently, stress can override some of our brain's natural responses to eating. This leads to our eating comfort foods, which leads to a vicious circle of the brain needing to be continuously rewarded to eat a higher-calorie diet. This leads to more food intake with preferences for sweet foods. For this, you get weight gain and even obesity. The vicious circle continues. Avoiding a stress-filled life is important for so many health reasons. Eating healthy is critical every day, but we all get stressed. When that happens, double down on healthy eating and ditch the junk food. Check out the Journey Strong tab for more on this at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. Anita says, I'm in favor of love as long as it doesn't happen when The Simpsons is on television. She's age six. Bobby, age eight, says, love will find you, even if you're trying to hide from it. I've been trying to hide from it since I was five. But the girls keep finding me. The male ego is just permeating these answers from every one of these kids under 10. And from Detroit. Oh, now I got a whole bunch of questions, and just on the basis of what Eric wrote up there in summary. Hello, Ann. Hi, Dr. Ray. Um, I'm very interested to hear your opinion because of the, I guess we'll say the moral value from one Christian, actually Catholic, to another. Um, I'll just start out real quick. I have a friend. We've literally been friends since almost five years old, and we're 65. We lived near each other. So we're practically family. We've been roommates, all kinds of things. But she is non-Christian. And lately, she's been diagnosed with COPD, and she is pretty ill. She's almost wheelchair-bound. And in the meantime, she's gotten so unpleasant and so difficult. I had a sick family member, so I couldn't give her much attention. And I just said, well, you're number four after my husband and my children. And, you know, then you can come be on my list, but I don't do a whole lot for her. But she calls us just phone friends. And the problem is, you know, I'm 65 myself, although I'm considered healthy, I don't have the same energy level, and I have a lot of responsibilities with my own home. And anytime we talk, it's constant put-downs, constant insults, complaining, 
what a terrible friend I am, uh, how I just don't do anything for her. And if it were the other way around, she would have been cleaning my house, you know. And I'm really at the point I don't even want to read a text from her, and I'm shocked at my behavior. I'm considered pretty tolerant. Well, okay. Let's let's assume that you're not all these ugly things that she's accusing you of. Let's assume that she's becoming unhappy, maybe bitter, because at her age, uh, life has dealt her a heavy blow. So she's completely dissatisfied with where she is at age 65. That's that... a good synopsis. I oh, think you're all right. correct about that. I... I, I consider myself a synopsizer so <laughs> it it also appears that your friendship has changed when you were younger shared a lot of activities together did things together you were youthful you had zest uh is that safe to say absolutely but she's gotten to be much more unhappy with life and so she Very views much. you as abandoning her you just haven't been care you have what kind of friend are you after all these years she's been such a wonderful friend to you and this is how you treat her and you're saying it even nicer than she does oh well i try to be nice try to be nice here (laughs) well we can't know all the reasons why she's gotten so difficult could be she's bitter could be that the COPD is having some effect on her brain. She's getting a little less oxygen up there. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? Here's the question for you. What percentage of the time when you contact her would you say it's negative? It's in the 80s. <laughs> That's pretty high. <laughs> That's pretty high. Do you still want to contact her? Well, I feel like morally bound. She's nowhere near ready for death, and she's more mad at God than she ever was. And literally in second grade in Catholic school in my uniform, I used to try to talk about God, and then she tried and dilly-dallied in different uh, so-called Christian religions and never stuck with anything. I am concerned she's going to die for sure. Literally, this demon's dancing around her bed. She's been cursing God literally that he dealt her this hand. She's okay. never been, you know, in a good relationship, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So she's just looking back on her life, and she's just bitter. Bitter. And part of it may be, Anne, that she looks at you. Oh, yeah, Anne, you have a husband. You have nice kids. Everything goes good for Anne, doesn't it? Is that any part of this? Nail on the head. Boy, I'm like like four for four here. Man. Make I better hang up right now before I say something that's not correct. The question is, how do I deal with it? Like, I feel a Christian-bound duty. On the other hand, I've got some of my own little problems, and it's quite a downer. I usually can rise above things. But, you know, my husband almost died twice in the last two years, one with COVID, one with a heart attack. It's not like I'm sitting around with nothing to do tooling my thumbs. I try to be a daily communicant. And that's hard enough, and she lives about a half hour away. But by the time I drive there, drive back, do the littlest thing for it, it feels like I'm gone most of the day, and I haven't done what I'm supposed to do at home. Your life has changed too, Anne. You're not 38 years old anymore. So as a result, you're, you're contending 
with some significant changes in your own life, which is taking your time and energy, both of which you have less of, take her in low doses. In other words, if you call her, know that she's going to start complaining, she's going to start hammering at you, and then you say, well, I just called to say hello, and and I hope you're doing well. And don't stay on the phone for 47 minutes and let her go on and on and on. Don't do it. Get off. You're not helping her. That's not that's not a good moral obligation. I'm going to call and I'm going to let you berate me for 47 minutes. There, I've done my Christian obligation. That's no such thing. Okay, so that's the first thing. Secondly, if you do go see her and those visits are extremely unpleasant and there isn't really a closeness there and all it does is bring out in her more resentment and bitterness, then basically make those visits fewer and farther between. And when you do go... Start asking her, why are you, tell me why you're so, so unhappy. And maybe that'll give you an opening to say, so has God ever played a part in your life? Do you even believe in him? Go ahead. What do you got to lose? You might as well ask those tough questions because she doesn't like you anyway. (laughs) As As I get older, Ann, I realize that when someone is very, very difficult, and they're not in my family, and I don't have a, a strong moral obligation to get along with them. They're just people that are in my life at some level. Uh, I, I don't have the time or the energy to continue to try to foster a relationship when the other person isn't interested or or is bitter or resentful or negative or ugly. And there's nothing I can do to get them out of that. I'm not helping them. You're not helping your friend. And the interesting thing here, Ann, is your presence actually seems to tick her off, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, no. You know, five I'm sort of indebted. I feel a little bit indebted to her because when we were much younger and we're talking early to mid-20s, uh, I went through a single parenting episode, and she was very supportive and very helpful. And even though that was a long time ago, I still feel like we have more than just a friendship. Like she was like a sister to me back then. Then she was. Then she was. Now she's not. Relationships change. Personalities alter. Sometimes with circumstances. Some people that I was enormously close to when I was younger, I don't even see anymore. I haven't seen him for years. It's not because there's any bitterness. It's just that things change. Well, this is a relief, Dr. Ray. It, well, justifyingly. I don't know, have the power, dear, to to morally relieve you. What I have is the ability to help you look at it a little more reasonably and say that, well, for whatever the reason, this lady's lack of love with the Lord, her bitterness over the course of her life, her bitterness over her health has made her very, very unpleasant. And some of that unpleasantness is targeted toward me. So, therefore, our visits are not good. So, when I do visit, they're going to be short and sweet. And if they're not, I'll pull myself out of them. Okay. You, you, don't have a Christ, you don't have a Christian moral obligation to get berated. Remember that. Thank you, Dr. Ray. I think I some priests would agree with me. And the good thing about it is, you have the Christian attitude. So when I hear you speak, I can sort of trust in your word more than just talking to any 
psychologist or some other friend, I know you want to make it to heaven and you want us to make it to heaven. So I appreciate that. Wow. Man, I'll tell you what, that's that's a lot of accolades for one call. Andrew, you, you might want to take all those, you know. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Ann. Thank you so much, dear. Okay. This, this, thank this, you, is Dr. this is Dr. Ray. Be back. EWTN is everywhere. EWTN radio programming is provided free of charge to over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio stations. It's a great teaching tool for Catholics and non-Catholics alike. For a complete list of EWTN AM and FM stations across America, visit EWTNradio.net. At the bottom of the page, click Affiliates. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. As a Catholic mom, I know that parenting can be hard, frustrating, and lonely. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore. I'm Lisa Popcheck from More to Life, inviting you to become a premium member of Catholic Home. That's CatholicHOM.com. It's an online community dedicated to supporting Catholic parents like you. At Catholic Home, you can chat with our team of family life coaches every day, get expert help with discipline issues, self-care, creating a stronger marriage, living your faith at home, or just coping with the stress of being a Catholic parent in today's world. In addition to personalized expert support, you'll get access to tons of creative resources, entertaining videos that teach your kids how to get along and love the Lord downloadable activities, monthly live parenting Q&As, and a supportive community and tons of other benefits, like my Momfidence podcast. Go to CatholicHOM.com today and become a premium member of the Catholic Home Community. Again, that's CatholicHOM.com. I can't wait to see you there. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. One more, Dave. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dr. Ray. How are you? Good, sir. What's up? Well, I just found your program on the way home from the store, and I'm uh, desperate for your advice. I've got two grandkids, age 12 and 13, one boy, one girl, who are, we believe, are experimenting with each other sexually. And um, I need to get your advice on the way forward. What makes you think that? Well, um, my granddaughter, who's very close to her aunt, had mentioned, you know, that they were, um, they were sexing, they call it, she called it, and that she gets the tingles with her brother and that they touch each other. She told the aunt, but she didn't tell her parents? Right. Are you going to tell the parents? Is yeah, the, the aunt going to tell is, the parents? Um, you know, the plan is to meet with my daughter. Um, she's not married. Meet with my daughter, my wife, my ex-wife and I, and to talk with her. We know, we know our daughter well enough to know that she um, 
he's not going to be open to any, you know, any suggestions from up, us, but we still, we absolutely need to know. We have to talk to her about it at least. She's going to deny this? I don't think so. Oh, you mean the daughter? Yeah. I, I don't know. Probably. Probably. You got to be prepared, I think, Dave, for both. The first thing you got to do is you got to bring it to her attention, and you got to say why you think this is legit. That the daughter, the granddaughter, con- confessed to the aunt. And not only that, but she says, I'm enjoying it. So right. that's the first thing. Then the second level is at some point this this might have to be something that you bring to the authorities. Well, that's my fear. Um, you know, I guess I assume if that happens, then they may be taken out of the home. Well, again, I, I can't make that determination from here, obviously. I'd have to know a, a whole, whole lot. So right. I'm just telling you what possibly are options given how this unfolds. You might even talk to your uh, your granddaughter and say, what is going on here? What is happening? Yeah. Especially if mom denies it. And if yeah. mom does deny it, I think you got to ask mom, okay, so why do you believe none of this is happening if she told this to the aunt and then mom will say, well, she lies. She tells a lot of lies. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll bet you that both of them have smartphones, don't they? Actually, no. Oh, but they well, do. Uh, they're unattended at home. You know, and there's a lot of they have a lot of videos around the house. I'm not that uh, not really sure what they're watching, but I don't think it's anything age appropriate. Probably not. And again, I can't say from here, obviously, I'm not a therapist in a therapeutic situation. I can't say from here what is going on. But I think you do need to bring to the attention of the adults. And then if if more evidence comes in, you can call Children's Services and you can ask them. You can say, here's the situation. Give me guidance on this. Mm -hmm. You can do that. Okay. Okay, uh, these, are, these are two minors, and this is a brother and a sister. I'm assuming a biological brother and sister, right? Yes, yes. Okay. And it's, to me, it's shocking, age 12 and 13. You know, well, even... sad, Dave, it's not shocking to me because our children are hypersexualized now. They have truly, truly, through the media, through social media, through even, sadly, the schools have been hypersexualized. So they're experimenting all over the place with each other in different ways. So um, get on top of it, Dave. See, see, see where it goes. This is Dr. A. Thank you for joining me here on The Doctor Is In. Thanks, Andrew Kruchek. Thanks, Eric Dumont. And I mostly thank all of you for keeping me company. Appreciate it very much. And as always, make sure you walk with God because you're getting closer to standing in front of him. For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit DRA.com and follow him on Facebook.
The Doctor's Inn is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. 